The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. If you are listening to the podcast, it is Thursday, April 14th. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, it is Wednesday, April 13th. And to the people in the YouTube comments, uh, somebody give Jesse Clark a prize. Plus, plus one's in there saying over under 10 minutes in. We can see the comments. Like, we know we know what you guys are talking about. Um, seven to eight is probably right. We're actually, uh, we're actually talking about college basketball, and you should appreciate that we did that off air instead of forcing it onto the podcast. We're just going to do, like, a newsy show uh, just some and, and rank some best remaining free agents. And to do that, Tyler Sullivan joins me. Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully, as I usually say. I almost had it. What's up? Either one works. Well, yeah. it's, it's fine. How are we doing? Good, man. How are you? No, no. I usually introduce you as Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully, and then just call you Sully the rest of the show. Yeah, either way like, works. Like, joining me is Sully! <laughs> Sully from Worcestershire. Or uh, South, Southie. Sully from Southie, right? Yeah. Hanging around in Southie every now and again. Southie. Oh, man, I mean, me and like 50 other Sullys, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I, I'm guessing, yeah. It's like a, it's like having the first name Will, you know? Yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody calls anybody my age by like will unless you're like you know at home and you're in trouble or whatnot um let's uh let's dive into the <laughs> this, this is not guys this is not an emergency Derek Carr podcast that's not that's not what this is we're just going to talk about Derek Carr getting paid he signed a three-year extension worth 121.5 million dollars um I'm curious Sally I was driving to get my hair cut uh, right when the news broke. And I was like, oh, no. It was like, it was like alert. I was like, no. I was like, ah, oh, Derek Carr extension. That's not, uh, that's, not worth the, uh, that's not worth an emergency podcast, but we'll definitely talk about it. Um, have, the, have the real numbers come out on this extension? I don't believe so. I mean, we still have – I mean, I think it's 35 35- – million or 35.5 million with his with his current contract for 2022 and this extension for AAV and then this one's going to give him again like you know 40 something million in AAV but I don't know if there's a legit you know full-on breakdown that we've seen so far from Carr yeah I I guess I I mean look that matters because sure you know we see in the comments here I noticed multiple people uh (laughs) like like Jalen Legrant says this smells like a move to make him tradable. Brandon Erasmus says McDaniel's trading Carr next offseason. I, I, I would have thought that if they wanted to trade him, that they would have just like I guess this is the final year of his contract. Yeah. He wouldn't have been tradable. You'd have had a franchise tag him and then trade him. So I mean that I mean, maybe there is a theory to that. Um, but if they wanted to get rid of Derek Carr, they could have just traded him this offseason. Like right. there would have been a ton of suitors for Derek Carr. On a single year, 19.7. Like, Derek Carr is basically 
$900,000 more expensive than Sam Darnold with zero guaranteed money. I mean, I don't know which one's better. Like, would you rather trade for Baker Mayfield or Derek Carr? I mean, it's not even close, I don't think. I mean, outside of, you know, all of the major quarterbacks that were traded, after the Deshaun Watson deal, the teams that were kind of left standing looking for a quarterback, Derek Carr would have been right there. They would have, he would have been the best option available for the commanders, for the Colts, for, I mean, go the Seahawks, go down the list. There is a ton of teams, the Saints would be looking to acquire Derek Carr and they'd be happy to throw, you know, multiple picks there. I'm not saying multiple first round picks, but multiple picks to try to acquire Derek Carr. And going back on the, the, you know, oh, this is going to be a possible, you know, sign and eventually trade Derek Carr. I don't really see it that way. Coming from up here in New England, Derek Carr to the Patriots with Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator was something that was talked about, you know, basically after Tom Brady retired. This this has been a long sought after, or at least, you know, oh, really appreciated type of talent with Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is that the fit between Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels makes a ton of sense. Yes, yeah. yeah, for sure. And, and to me, again, it's it's the type of offense that McDaniel's likes to run. I think is something that Carr strives in. Not you know nothing too risky, short, intermediate, kind of work your way down the field. And obviously, it changes a little bit with with Devontae Adams now in the picture. But ultimately, it's the type of quarterback that Josh McDaniel's likes working with. And as we've seen over the last few years here, someone who he's at least targeted at some point or another uh, when he was a member of the Patriots organization, especially after twenty twenty, uh, with the first year after Cam Newton. Carr was a name if they did not get Mac Jones that maybe they were going to be looking at there. Again, that's according to reports. So it's somebody that he likes. Immediately when they got there, it kind of felt like, at least to me, that was the quarterback he wanted to pair himself to. He wasn't going to go somewhere. Josh McDaniels has been very picky over the last few years of where he was going to go, that he was going to go with an uncertain quarterback situation for sure. Somebody says, I got I got Lego hair going today. I just got back my hair. <laughs> it looks good, Well. Yeah, it looks fine. It doesn't look great. It looks fine. Um, so uh, look, I I agree with you. I don't think that I think Josh McDaniels likes Derek Carr. Yeah. But what I find really interesting about this contract is that I mean I'm just sort of looking through. Um, right, here's one thing from Mike Garofalo. He says, "In all, Derek Carr said to earn 143 million over four years, with 100 million of it coming over the next three years. The deal also includes a no trade clause." Huh. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, he's not. I mean, if if if, if there's no trade clause, he, he ain't he ain't going anywhere because Derek Carr is, loves Las Vegas. He loves the Raiders. Um, but I don't see anything about guaranteed money. I hadn't no. seen that. I I'd only seen hundred million in the first three years. And his new contract is worth. I mean, his. Over the next three years, you I mean you know he's going to get twenty million from the Raiders in twenty twenty three. So then we got to get another what eighty million it means he's set to make. Uh, I it, when you see a quarterback contract and there's not one mention of guaranteed money, that is it, when you see any contract, there's not one mention of guaranteed money and the detail like like what what were the two hours ago. The contract came out and there hadn't been any mention of guaranteed money and there hadn't been the contracts not like up like hasn't actually been uploaded or, or put on put online anywhere or broken down it's it's usually funny money but if he's got a no trade clause it basically i mean 
it's probably a situation where they can cut him after two years or it, it's certainly after three years, because remember, we're talking about a guy here uh, in Derek Carr that will be uh, 31 this coming season. It's just, there's just something stinky about the way it was reported. You know, the thing for me maybe is again, all players want guaranteed money. That's it's, it's people like money. That's very simple and very easy to say, but if you're Derek Carr, I think you value that no trade clause immensely, especially that type of quarterback that he's the positions that he's been in over the last few years, basically every offseason saying that, you know, the Raiders are going to move off of him. Everything's, you know, they're, they're looking to at other options at quarterback. Maybe they'll go into the draft. Maybe they'll throw their hat into X quarterback that's going to be moved from his current team. Maybe he values the security that he controls where he goes. He controls if things do go haywire in Vegas he dictates where he lands. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good point. And it's also worth noting that I I want to say his last contract, yeah. So his last contract was a 5-year, 125 million dollar contract and when he signed it people freaked the geek out. It's like, "Oh! Oh god, you can't give Derek Carr that kind of money." And then, you know, um, so, you know, we're talking about what, what is that? Uh, 125 divided by five really got my thinking cap on today. Um, 25 million per year. I mean, that's like nothing. Right. And, but it only had $40 million in gar- fully guaranteed money. So like just a third of the deal was fully guaranteed. That, I mean, you know, that's not, it, it, that was, it was a lot more like an Andy Dalton contract than a Jay Cutler contract is how I always phrase it. Or we could, you know, and now you can even say Derek, it was more like a Jimmy G contract or a Derek Carr contract than a, a Kirk Cousins, you know, contract, right? Like, so the, the Raiders could get out of it very easily. I would guess the, based on the way that this is being reported, that it's a similar situation. Um, or yes, that's great that he has a no trade clause, you know, and I don't blame him for asking for it. And I don't, don't blame the Raiders for giving it to him. Cause they're like, look, we can cut you in you know, after one year, maybe even two years. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense, you know, in terms of, hey, listen, you get that flexibility. Maybe you give up some guarantees to give them the no trade clause. Again, we'll, we'll still see how the whole deal kind of, you know, develops there. We also have to remember, too, how many picks did they lose for the Devontae Adams trade? They lost this first round pick and in, in a second round pick. And is there is there any more to that? Was there another first round pick? They're not so, drafting a quarterback is, is the bottom, right? Like Right. But I'm saying like over the next few years here you might not even have a real true kick at the can at trying to find a legit quarterback if you're, if you're moving multiple picks around to try to, you know, obviously got Devontae Adams and, and all of that too. So you give up, uh, number 22. Yep. Um, and number 53. Okay. So, so just this year. Yeah. Just this year. Yeah. But think about it like this. If you are, um, I really do look like I got like Lego hair going on. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's got like the, um, if you've got a situation where you're the Raiders and like you don't you you don't have a first round pick this year, so you're not going to add an impact like you know young player to your roster. You obviously can't get a quarterback in the first round. Are you going to like you don't know how you're going to perform in 2022? If for all you know, you can make the playoffs and not have a great pick, and so this gives you some flexibility. I think like if you let's say you have the 15th or 17th overall pick next year. And you can't get a quarterback where you want. And you you don't want to be in quarterback purgatory. And Derek Carr keeps you out of quarterback purgatory. And if he's good in, in Joshua Daniel's system and he lights up the NFL this year, this contract is going to look like a steal. It's a, 
my son just informed me that he's fresh to death. <laughs> oh, look, we both got haircuts. You want to come say hey, hello to YouTube? Hello. Say, all right, say <laughs> bye to YouTube. Bye, <laughs> I'm literally live on the internet right now, guys. <laughs> like, oh, my God, what is the matter with my family? Um, Everybody's excited. They got new haircuts. I know, right? Um, anyway, Derek, we got haircuts. Derek Carr got millions of dollars. We, that's what happens when Derek Carr gets a contract. We go get haircuts. The Brinson family celebrates with haircuts. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that this gives you flexibility in terms of how you're going to handle your quarterback situation moving forward. You know that um, you know that Derek Carr is going to be a serviceable quarterback if not an above average quarterback for at least two, two to three more years. And this contract is essentially the bridge to who you're going to draft next. Um, I, I think McDaniels probably likes him. I think McDaniels thinks he's going to play well. And if he doesn't, you know, you can, you can probably get out of it pretty easily. I'm, but I'm curious to see the numbers on it when it comes in uh, just because, yeah, no guaranteed money being reported is a little weird. Is there no, any, that, that's, cer that's certainly noteworthy. I mean, you know, again, the guaranteed money, it creates stability. It shows you a firm commitment by the organization. But what else were the were the Raiders going to do here? I mean, really, at this point in the offseason, are you going to try to go after Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, the familiarity there in New England? Do you, I mean, I, I don't really see the other options there, especially when you're in a division now that is just absolutely loaded. You might want to go with the known commodity in car as you're going into 2022 in a division where there's Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. Well, and again, like if Derek Carr plays awesome and is a pro bowl caliber or all pro, whatever, you know, all pro seems like a stretch, but let's say he's a pro bowl caliber quarterback and the Raiders go to the playoffs. I mean, he was going to demand like 45, you know, $45 million yeah. per year because the, the way it was phrased, it was like, Derek Carr, Derek Carr's new money average of $40 million. It's like, well, that's fine, but you just, you know, it's still an extension with one year has $20 million. Like he doesn't make $40 million a year. Yeah. You know, he, he just doesn't, um, but that's fine. Were there, uh, I'm digging through the email thread here. Just to, I'm just making sure I didn't miss any news. I mean, it's, it's pretty slow out in those NFL streets today, right, Sully? Well, it has been pretty busy over the last, like, you know, few months and few weeks. So uh, we, were, we were down for a slow day at some point, right? Yeah, I think it's, it's probably fair. I probably just jinxed it, right? But, uh, I, think car, okay, but, I, but I do think really quickly, on, just to put a last pin on the car situation, I know you're saying, like, oh, yeah, well, it's not really $40 million a year and all of that. I mean, outside of what the Raiders are doing and solidifying their roster and their quarterback situation – it just continues, in my mind, to increase the floor of all of these quarterback contracts. I mean, yes. if you're Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray today, you're looking at $40 million AAV as your absolute floor. I mean, if you're, you're saying for Derek Carr, you, you're Lamar Jackson, you're saying, I have a better resume than him. I'm a league MVP. I've been in the playoffs. I'm a more dynamic type of player. For Kyler Murray, you can say I'm still up and coming, just hitting my prime number one overall pick. You can make all of those cases to say $40 million is the start or at least the floor for them, which I think is noteworthy across the league. Yeah, uh, for sure. And you're definitely going to have people pointing out that their quarterback's making $40 million, even, even if it's not uh, really $40 million. Uh, just quick draft news. We have um, the Panthers are reportedly calling teams trying to trade down. And the Dallas Cowboys said, or uh, Jerry Jones said, while introducing their newest sponsorship, with blockchain, which I'm sure you can explain to us in great detail, Sully. 
um, what blockchain is, how it works, the basic mythology. I can give you the whole breakdown if you want. Can you actually, can you, do you have, do you have any idea? No, not at oh, all. I didn't, I didn't think so. But I, was, <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I mean, like, I know like kind of what it is. I could probably throw it out and like, like I could probably weasel my way through a casual conversation. But if, if you know, if I were like put on the spot, like on, on the stand, I'd, I'd maybe dive. I don't know what it is. I just, I bought the stupid basketball video card. And, um, Anywho, uh, and then but Jerry Jones said the Cowboys would be willing to move up. Uh, what do you think is more likely? Panthers move down or Cowboys move up? Well, I mean, I guess you can never rule it out with Jerry, right? You know, again, he, he likes to make those splash moves and all of that. But I do think possibly moving down for Carolina makes the most sense. Again, they're picking, what, number six overall, and their next pick isn't in, like, the 130s. They don't have a second or third round pick. So you do need to collect some, some draft capital there in, in terms of a team that's trying to rebuild pretty much from the ground up there. And if you can get down to, I don't know, the teens – you know, or mid teens, late teens, it's a little bit more palpable, palpable, palatable to take a quarterback, right? Like, you know, Kenny Pickett at six or Malik Willis at six or Desmond Ritter at six. It just seems a little high. I think, you know, I think we'd all, there's a consensus that that's a little too high for these quarterbacks. If you take, if you take one of those quarterbacks at six, I mean, first of all, it has to work out or else it's Daniel Jones 2.0, like Daniel Jones at 18, I don't really think anybody's like that mad about what's how it's gone, but at six, it has to work out. The other thing about this particular draft, if I think you need sauce Gardner, basically to go in the top five, actually, no, yeah. You, all you really, you, all you probably need is sauce Gardner or Kayvon Thibodeau to go in the top five. And the Panthers would be guaranteed one of Charles cross, Iki Aquanu, or Evan Neal. And when you look at this roster, yes, there is a glaring, like bright red light blinking at the quarterback position. But left tackle is a re is really important too. You know, like they need to improve that offensive line. And if you pass on that offensive lineman for the quarterback, and the quarterback's not good, and that that offensive lineman is like an early Pro Bowler, it's gonna it, you know that's how people get fired. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. Again, it's if you screw up that pick, it's it's a career ruiner. I mean, Mitch Trubisky at number two overall. When you miss out on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, like you know, we can we can make all of these all of these picks and comparisons pretty much all day long. But if you're Carolina, again, like I said, you're a team that's rebuilding and you're going into a draft where there is no clear cut answer at quarterback at the top. But what we all call it, it's a pretty deep draft throughout. So. If you can have a more a more realistic pick at quarterback, I mean, I think we all look at Pittsburgh, right? At what is it? Tw uh, they're at twenty one or something, or twenty twenty one, you know, somewhere around there, nineteen maybe. You know, we look at them and say, okay, if they take Kenny Pickett there or Malik you're Willis there, the no, I'm talking about the Steelers. Oh, the Steelers are twenty, yeah, twenty. So again, if they take them yeah, there, you get twenty. It's like they fell right in their laps, right? Exactly. But you again, know, like Mac, Jones, Mac Jones last year, yes, Mac, exactly. Mac Jones at three, unacceptable. Mac Jones at 14, though. No. So if you're telling me that you can kind of move down a little bit and take the heat off of this young quarterback that you're going to pick, if, you, if you're pretty, if you're splitting hairs, if there's someone you love, then sure, go after him. But if you can move down and kind of see where the board falls to you at the quarterback position, while at the same time gaining more capital in those middle rounds in what is considered to be an extremely deep draft, I think that's something you have to consider. It'd be the smart move. Again, do, do the Carolina Panthers do it? I don't know. But to me, that would be the smart move. I saw Lance Searline. Love Lance, friend of the program, Lance. Uh, but uh, stabbing, stabbing my 
my alma mater in the back. He has Charles Cross going to the Panthers at six instead of Iki Aquano, who goes to the Giants at seven. If the Panthers pass on on Iki and take Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, like you might not never you might never see a Panthers fan in Raleigh again. Like, like I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm serious. Like, you just be like, are you kidding me? I mean, again, it, you know, take the better player if Cross is better. That's fine, but still. Yeah, no, I mean, again, that, that, again, hey, Carolina, the Carolina Panthers have never drafted a single player, football player from NC State. The source of contention round, round, you know. Um, All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I mean, I had one more. Uh, oh, the Desmond Ritter steam on FanDuel and DraftKings. I should have looked on, uh, I'll look on William Hill or Caesars and see if he's, uh, see if he's up there. I just saw uh, Ben Solak uh, tweeted this out. He was, he was, um, Ritter was 40 to 30 to one and 25 to one yesterday to be the first quarterback drafted. He is currently on Caesars 15 to one and he's 50, basically 15 to one everywhere. It's been chopped down significantly and there've been multiple uh, reports out there that of like half the teams in the league have first round grades on Desmond Ritter. Do you buy or sell the Desmond Ritter steam hype? Um, and and I, can't, I can't even like, I can't even wrap my brain around how far away we are from the draft specifically. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, no, we're getting pretty close. Two right? weeks, right? Yeah, two, yeah, weeks. two weeks. Yeah. You know, we're getting there, but again, I, mean, it, I, guess, I guess, I guess like if this were the week of the draft, maybe I'm a little more like skeptical, but I mean, it does seem like, you know, teams are sort of working through the process here, and like this is how this gets leaked out. Right, I know what you mean. You're trying to see, decipher what's a smoke screen, what's not a smoke screen. It, it's hard. It's hard to do at this time of year. But like you said, the further we're out from it, maybe there there tends to be a little bit more truth there. At DraftKings, he's plus fourteen hundred. He's number three quarterback. Yeah. To come off the board in terms of first quarterback selected, I don't know if we're gonna go that far. Are we? Are we gonna? Are we gonna? Are we really gonna have him over? I mean, I'm the twenty five to one uh, earlier today. Yeah. And like, and he's it's it, it's. And it's more like a value play because you know it's going to drop down. Like, it, I, it could be. Maybe it's the first quarterback taken at, like, by the Saints at 16 or something. Yeah. I think, wasn't Danny Cannell the first one kind of on this? Or at least he was the first guy that I saw. I think he was a big Ritter guy. Might I mean, be. I think, I think he was. Uh, Wilson and I talked about this on um, Monday show. And it's worth pointing out that um, on April 8th, 2013, there's an article on NFL.com by the late, great Chris, Chris Wessling titled, Ryan Nassib as an NFL draft first rounder picks up buzz. So maybe we are in the right spot where it's like, you know, I mean, Nassib was going to go to the first round of the bills because uh, um, uh, Doug Marone, his college coach at Syracuse was coaching the bills. And they were like, well, they're definitely going to take him. And that's like the picket connection. So uh, it definitely could um, definitely could be a bunch of crap. Just, just find it kind of interesting. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we will talk about the best remaining free agents, and what landing spots might work for them next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. 
The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So you have a list, I'm assuming, on cbsports.com. I mean, I, like I said, I've been out to run errands and stuff. I haven't actually read any of the site, but I'm assuming you do have a best remaining free agent list. I think we do. I don't know if I've done I don't know uh, if I did. I probably did it. I just don't remember. It's kind of right. all a blur. You, you know this better than anybody. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm like, what's, what's today? What did we talk about on Monday? Um, number one on the list, Stefan Gilmore. Uh, what do we think best landing spots for him? Uh, I, know the, I believe the Rams have been in contact. Uh, what, what was the uh, what was the consensus best landing spot? That was the, that was the most recent report that there's been some contact between the Rams and Stephon Gilmore. And I, I think the further along you go into the offseason, when you're the type of free agent like Stephon Gilmore, extremely talented, little bit you know experience in the league. I think the Rams are always going to be in that discussion, right? Like you know, again, it's if his market's going a little bit stale. All right, take a little bit less, go to Los Angeles, try to load up and see what can happen. I think that that, again, pay yourself next to Jalen Ramsey. That's the, you know, an unreal secondary that you have there in L.A. So the Rams are always going to be one of those discussions. I think we'll, we'll probably mention them a bunch here. But I think the 49ers are interesting. I think that that's one that you can look at. Let's see what happens after the draft, I do wonder with these free agents, if some of them wait until after the draft now, when we're, we're getting so close, if teams are unable to fill those needs, maybe they go back into the free agent pool. I, I'd be curious to see how that goes. But specifically for the 49ers, I want to see how this draft goes with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, how does how does that go? Again, we, we've said it a bunch. Could be on the move, might not be. The quarterback situation in the NFL has kind of settled a little bit. But who knows? Something could sprout up, and and again, if if the Carolina Panthers don't go quarterback, maybe they try to target Jimmy Garoppolo again. That's just just one there. But if the 49ers get rid of him, they clear up a ton of cap space, and that could open the door for a guy like Gilmore to be signed. It's also worth noting that uh, I believe the date is like May 10th. I could be I could be wrong. Where the compensatory pick formula. Mm. Um, no longer counts or like like if you sign a free agent it doesn't count against next year's compensatory picks and so that's why you sort of see some of these you know veteran players who are you know maybe being told by teams like look we want to sign you be patient you know we got to get like you know, and, and the agents are probably willing to work with them because they're like look you know you're gonna like you're 
you're not getting paid now anyway. You're gonna, you know, we're gonna get, you're going to get you paid. You know, maybe even get to skip some OTAs or something like that. Um, but I that that may be the case with several of these guys. Certainly would make sense with Gilmore, who, you know, I don't know that you necessarily want him as your number one corner. You know, going into next year, I mean, don't you don't we think he slipped a little much? Like, like ideally, he'd be your number two corner, right? right. Maybe even a team. Um, what about the with the Bills work? Is is a team that drafted him? Going, going, like I'm coming home type situation. Wouldn't, I mean, you do have Tredavious White coming off the ACL. Could make some sense there to give yourself some insurance in the secondary. The storyline's great, obviously, and. I would assume Gilmore, who's made a lot of money in his career. I know he made a huge deal with the Patriots when he was a free agent. I think back in, what was that, 2017, I think? Yeah. Um, maybe he's looking to go again, want to tra- win a Super Bowl. Like, that's, you know, again, a clear motivation for a lot of these guys. I know we'll talk about Tyron Matthew, too. That's he's, He said. I'm sorry, who? Motiv- exactly. Yeah. You know, that's a motivation for a lot of these guys. So maybe, again, you look at the Bills, betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. You could join that secondary. You know, again, they, they're starting to load up. It's very, it's like the AFC version of the Rams. If you want to just go over there, uh, if you want to stick it to the Patriots two times a year, I mean, there's there was some bad blood ending that relationship. Absolutely. So you know, again, there's there's a lot of storylines that you can go there with Gilmore. All right, let's move on to Tyron Matthew. Uh, targeted uh, r- rumored spots or the favorites to land: Eagles, Saints, Lions, Colts, Jets, and Steelers. So he's getting a lot of action out there. I mean, I wonder what the hesitation is here for Tyron Matthew to stand to sign with the team. Maybe it's he wants to go to the Steelers and they're like, look, we will sign you, but you're going to have to wait for that comp pick formula because, you know, the contracts like he's going to get a pretty decent contract. I would think even this late in free agency. I would think so. And again, his market was starting to heat up. He was in Louisiana, in New Orleans, visiting family and friends, I think. And then he popped into the New Orleans Saints for a workout or at least a visit. So there was some interest there. The Philadelphia Eagles have reportedly been interested. He did a virtual visit with them. And apparently there's interest on both sides. I think you're right on that. I think the the compensatory kind of factor is is coming into play here with a guy like Matthew, too, just because, again, you're not going to give up a ton of capital, especially if you're going to pay a guy like that. You know, I think the Steelers make some sense. Obviously, I think that they just, you know, he reminds me of somebody that would just be that absolute playmaker in that defense. It just feels like a type of player that would fit well with Mike Tomlin. I thought that the Ravens were going to be a decent fit for them. Obviously, they filled that position, so they don't really need him there as well. I think one team that's pretty interesting would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, again, there's been, there was, I think, in that Super Bowl. Uh, against the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, him and Tom Brady were kind of jawing back and forth. I, I don't see that being a huge issue there. I think that'd be actually awesome to see him join that type of team. I think they lost. Uh, it wasn't Antoine Winfield. Who did they lose in uh, as the, at the safety to the New York Jets? I forget who it was, but they lost the safety and free agency. And so again, they could fill that need there. You're another. You're coming back Jordan with Tom, Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead. So again, you're you're coming back with a need at the position. Tom Brady's back. You're going for this new run. In 2022, I could see that being kind of one of those sneaky teams in the NFC where a, a veteran free agents kind of flock to if they don't want to go to LA. Uh, the Rams have reportedly been in contact with uh, Matthew to <laughs> like Patrick. I know. I know. <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah, I mean, I would think that he's like, I would guess that the offer from the Jets or the Lions is probably better than what you know. Like he's probably close to what he wants, but he doesn't want to sign at this stage of his career with a team that's not going to give him a chance to at least make a playoff run. So he's probably waiting to see if the Steelers, Rams, Colts, Saints, or Eagles 
are willing to up their offer maybe a little bit you know after the draft if they're not able to bring in enough you know talent in the secondary positions. Yeah, he told the Kansas City Star uh, earlier this offseason. He did an exclusive interview with them after it was pretty apparent that he, he wasn't going back to the Chiefs. He's you know it was the interview that he said he was heartbroken and all of that stuff. He even noted that he's made a ton of money in his career and he's willing to so you know go away from he's breaking the bank and try to win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good call. Uh, Akeem Hicks and Jadavion Clowney. Two veteran, like two like polar opposite. Funny, you know, two defensive linemen is funny because Akeem Hicks has like been a great, uh, you know, veteran interior defensive lineman, uh, but doesn't like, get a ton of hype. And then Clowney has, you know, has it's it's impossible like like figure out the Clowney like was like Clowney's either like massively overrated or massively underrated at every point of his career, and it just fluctuated wildly. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point there. I, again, they're they're different in their respective positions. Obviously, Hicks. Health is an issue there as well. I mean, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy the last few years. I, I He's not going back to the Bears. You can throw that out. I, I think you can throw that out the window. He's yeah. another one that I think the Rams could be interested in. I mean, you put him in that front seven with Aaron Donald. I mean, that's just amazing. And at this point in his career, I believe he's 36 years old. You're going to – you could pr- pretty much plug any one of these Super Bowl contenders, Bucks, Rams, Bills – I think you can kind of put him into those type of conversations there. I don't think he's going to a New York Jets for a ton of money or something along those lines. I right. just don't I don't see that happening. Clowney may be a little bit different. I see him re-upping with the with the with the Cleveland Browns, especially now that they've kind of loaded up again with Deshaun Watson and all that. He's had his most productive year in a long time. Last year, nine sacks. Again, a lot of that is opposite of being being opposite of Miles Garrett. That makes life tremendously easier. But if you're the Rams, too, again, you, you you did bring in Bobby Wagner, but you lost Vaughn Miller. You do need something to replace that off the edge. It's possible that they look at Clowney for that, too. Yeah, I mean, the Rams, just like, <laughs> the Rams are the new Pats. It's like, Seriously. I mean, it, it's crazy. But again, it, they they have clearly signified to the to the NFL that they are in a yeah. Super Bowl window. They're going for broke. You know, F them picks and, you know, you know, and, you know, F the cap. They're, they're going for it. <laughs> F them picks. And a love less need. The uh, it's, it's been reported the Browns are trying to re- bring back Landry and Clowney, and I mean the Clowney thing would make a lot of sense. You bring him back on a one-year deal, and he, you know, I mean, I do think he just has to accept at this point in time that he's not going to get he's ne- he's never going to get that that monster contract that he thought he might land, and and you know, and I mean probably because of COVID, um, but it just you know just pushed it back three years and then injuries and all that. So yeah, I think I think the the other team that you could maybe look at for Clowney would be the Cowboys. Yeah, but I mean, you, you still have what Lawrence and, and Micah Parsons, unless you're going to, you know, change. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it depends on like, because remember, they move Parsons all around and Clowney yeah. can slide inside in theory. So, I mean, like you could you could have like a, you know, you could have, you know, I mean, you could you could set it up where, where Parsons is not just a pure edge rusher and like move him all around if you wanted to do that. But yeah, I mean, they, they it's not like a. I think I think the other teams we mentioned, and particularly the Browns, make a lot of sense. It sounds like the Browns might be, even be a done deal. Dwayne Brown, the elderly left tackle, uh, has been linked to the Carolina Panthers, who desperately need offensive line. It would be if they could land Dwayne Brown, then they would be in a position to dr- trade back and draft a quarterback, or you know, even take a quarterback at six. Um, but I think it's been reported that the Seahawks are likely to to bring him back. Yeah, those are the two teams I think you got to watch, Seattle and Carolina. If you're Carolina, I, I understand the approach, like you said, but again, you're a young team. You're, you're a rebuilding team. I, I don't really know what that does for you. I really I, – I, I don't – it might help you 
in the immediate, but there's still a long-term need at blindside tackle. I, I just think that, again, it, it helps. It's a Band-Aid, but you're still better served looking around the draft for somebody like that. If you're if you're if you're signing Dwayne Brown, you need to be like you shouldn't be signing him thinking he makes you a playoff team. You need right. you need to be signing him thinking, okay, we're gonna have a young quarterback and we want him not to get killed. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, that's really the only I think one team that would be somewhat interesting in that, and again, we you can talk about this for any of those like, you know, veteran tackles too. I think the Patriots would be interesting too, just speaking from somebody up here. You know, the 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 tackle position has been something that's been a little bit of a struggle there. Trent Brown's back. They have Isaiah Wynn. Both of those guys have really struggled to stay healthy. You can make a case that you could bring in another tackle either via the draft or, again, you have a ton of positions that, that are of need there at number 21. If you go corner, linebacker, wide receiver – you're, you know, tackles an option there, but it's, it's, you still, you're sacrificing at, the, at those other positions there. Maybe you bring in a veteran to kind of be that swing guy. Maybe you move Isaiah Wynn inside to one of the guard spots. It, that, that one is something to keep an eye on, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like, like you, you look up like Dwayne Brown news and it's like, Panthers interested in Dwayne Brown three weeks ago, you know? Right. It, it, it's not like his market's extremely hot right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, no, all of it, all these guys are just, yeah. th- th- these are after the draft signings. It, it feels like, unless, unless there's somebody, because at this point, if there was somebody willing to give these guys enough money that they would be, that, you know, like if, if there was a contract out there that they were willing to do on a you know, random team, they're going to take it at this, you know, uh, Rob Gronkowski bucks or bust. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, especially after the Buffalo Bills got uh, O.J. Howard. Yeah, I think that kind of threw that return, finishing out your career with your hometown team out the window. There were reports early in the offseason that that was something that they kind of, I think the Bills kind of floated that out there to see if it, there was any sort of interest. Would be down for it. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe he would have been, but I think it was a clear sign that once Howard went to, to Buffalo, then, you know, that was kind of out the window. He's often said that Tom Brady's the only quarterback he'd ever played for. I thought it would have been fascinating to see what he would have done had Tom Brady stayed retired. Yeah. You know, he was talking about Joe Burrow, so maybe that would have been interesting. But ultimately, Brady's back in the league. Gronkowski's going to play with the Buccaneers. He's going to play with Brady. Yeah, if Brady if, if if Yeah, I mean, if Gronk, if Gronk plays, I think it's Tampa Bay. Because, I mean, he's you, – you spend your entire career – has he ever caught passes from another quarterback? Uh, I Maybe don't. In those, I don't believe so because I don't think he was playing. Um, no, he wasn't four, in the four games where. No, that was uh, Martellus Bennett was there, but I believe he was Gronk was injured. Okay, I believe he was injured. Yeah, was he? Yeah, because Gronk wasn't there when Matt Castle played. So like no. he's like literally never caught a unless it's like a garbage. And, but I don't think Gronk would be out there at garbage time catching passes. Maybe right. It's a good point. You might, you might, we need to, that's, that's a good trivia question. Cause like, if I, if I were, if I were a player, if I were a tight end and I had only caught passes from one person in my entire life and that person was the greatest quarterback of all time, I wouldn't ruin that by like, you know, by going and, you know, catching, no offense to Joe Burrow, but like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write, I'm going to write it out with, uh, with Brady if I'm growing. Yeah. What was it that, um, what was it? The 2016 season was when Brady did that, uh, was with the suspension, right? Uh, I can actually just look back, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah so, that's true. It is 2016. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he only played eight games that year. So, I, so I don't know if uh, I don't know if he actually he didn't catch it. He didn't catch any passes from Jimmy G in the first game. He was retired in 2019. Yeah. So there was no, you know. Oh well, Brady was still in New England, but he was retired regardless. Uh, he didn't play in the second game. 
he may have been hurt. And they're like, we're not playing it for Brady and Brady and half there. If he's it's probably true. Yeah. And they um, also ran the ball a ton. I think with, especially with Jacoby Brissett in that. Uh, oh, he had one target game. from Jacoby Brissett against the Texans, but did not catch it. Well, there you go. And then, uh, was that the fourth game or was that the, let's see one more game. And then against the Buffalo bills. Oh, one catch for 11 yards. Oh, there you Is go. Possible. He is like, <laughs> Uh, that would be that's wild is that is that yeah. possible it's surely he's gotten some like garbage time catches imagine if he had 620 catches from tom brady and one from jacoby Brissett. well i was gonna say imagine one from like julian edelman on just like a random oh, like trick true. play that's you know true. what i mean that's true. that's true that's true good point uh all right uh odell beckham jr the yeah and- are the favorites to sign odell beckham yeah, that's. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if those odds are older, especially after the Devontae Parker trade. I don't know. You know that it would seem like things. Well, also, are a little bit- I mean, those odds are not based on like again, they're reactionary odds. You know, to like right. whatever yeah. people are saying out there. I do think that it was interesting. Uh, Rappaport was on McAfee today saying that Beckham's original ACL surgery Sorry, yeah. with the with the Cleveland Browns. It wasn't. It didn't go as well. In, I'm paraphrasing. It didn't go as well as they initially had hoped. The ACL surgery that he had after the Super Bowl with the Rams actually repaired a lot of the things that were wrong with the when he was with the Browns. And Rappaport even said that it might have even extended his career having the surgery. So a little bit of a blessing in disguise for him there. You know, that's just a note on OBJ. I think the Patriots would make a little, sense. little bit of a little bit of a, a bonus uh, shot fired at the uh, at the Cleveland. I, I know, right? Really, another jab on the way out. Anyway. Even though that there are, you know, again, there are reports that there could be a reunion now, especially with Baker gone. You know, with the Browns. I mean, there are, you know, you, you, you as much as we like making fun of that jab, there have been some rumblings that there could be a, a reuniting kind of yeah. partnership there with the Browns. And that I think is all predicated on Mayfield being gone and, and all that. Didn't, when, when OBJ left, it was like not one teammate came out and was like, "Yeah, Baker got your back, bro." Yeah, it's true. That's very <laughs> telling. Yeah, yeah, but I think the Patriots make sense again just because of the need at their position, especially if they don't address it at the draft. Um, I think the Colts are interesting. Beckham yeah. was on social media, you know, commending the Matt Ryan trade. They could use another guy outside of Pittman. Packers makes, obviously make sense. Yep, I think you know Packers clearly make sense. The, the Raiders, I think, would be interesting. You know, just, again, load up the, with the AFC West. It would just be par for the course in that division. The You know, the I think that the Patriots, the Packers, and the Colts probably are my top three. That would that would probably be my my top three for, for landing spots for, for Beckham. Um, yeah, and uh, it's worth noting, too, that Beckham is probably not going to play until November. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Buddy of mine just uh, no, somebody <laughs> somebody <laughs> Vinmo requested Scotty Scheffler for his for that four putt on eighteen because it cost him one hundred eighty bucks and he he and he declined the he declined the request. <laughs> um, that's good to actually get the Venmo though. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he's like, it's like, he's not ignored, just declined. Um, he's got to do that at like I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know if Scotty Scheffler drinks or not, but it, you know, if he does it at like. The, the friday night maybe sure. it's like all right screw it yeah screw it i'll pay this guy that's right that's right um niners could be an option uh for odell as well that's a good point uh from jalen in the chat uh melvin ingram had a really really productive stretch run with the the chiefs i mean you could even argue like what were the steelers thinking trading him but they did and then uh ingram nearly helped the chiefs you know make a super bowl run were it not for joe burrow 
Yeah, no, that's totally true. And again, I think Kansas City, again, it's it would be interesting. He recently had a visit uh, slash possible workout with Miami Dolphins. So that's an interesting kind of landing spot for him there as well. I think maybe the Chargers reuniting with them could be interesting, especially as they, you know, again, need all the help they can get defensively in that division now. Be interesting to see how they go up. The, this is another player in terms of veteran looking to win. The Rams are obviously going to be in that discussion, especially after losing a likes of Von Miller. If you, you know, if that's that's someone to pay attention to. But I thought the Dolphins was an interesting team that kind of is popping out of the out of nowhere, really, for his services. I thought. Yeah, I wonder how much if like Melvin Ingram was trying to break. I mean, he said he's thirty three, signed a four year deal for one million dollars. I would guess he's probably trying to get something like $7 million and the Rams are probably thinking like five. And so he's, it's a tough market out there for 33 year old pass rushers, even if you're productive. Um, but you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, I, I think, I think this seems definitely make a lot of sense. All right. Eric Fisher, apparently a Colts return is unlikely for Fisher and are the Colts kind of, kind of low key, uh, missing the left tackle. I believe that's true. I mean, yeah, again, I think it's Matt Pryor's penciled in for their starting left tackle position right now, which is see not, how the draft goes. Maybe they, maybe they, that's their, but know. they don't have a first round pick though. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. They really, really live in life dangerously. I know. Um, it does say something about Eric Fisher's health. If the Colts are not interested in bringing him back, I would, I would think probably true. Again, that, that, that makes a lot of sense there. I put the bears down as a possible, Pairing there, you got to protect Justin Fields as much as possible. Again, similar to um, uh, uh, Dwayne Brown, maybe the Patriots would be in there. I'm just looking at you know teams that could use a tackle that have a young quarterback. Those two might make sense. I, I don't really know how much beyond that. And again, I don't even know if we're talking like you said. If the Colts are signaling that they might not love his health situation, I mean, he's coming off a torn Achilles, so right. So maybe, maybe you're looking at not you're not a starter anymore. Maybe you're a swing guy, depth piece, yeah, something along those lines. I, I also sort of wonder if I mean, I guess he played. I think he played like 15 games last year. So I mean, he played he played a lot of football, yeah. but you know. I sort of, sort of want like the Colts kind of went into the season with Fisher like left tackle and he was banged up and so you didn't know yeah uh, yeah it just seems like and, and he and he was forty first according to PFF and pass blocking too so it's not like not, you're talking yeah. about somebody yeah that was lighting the world on if fire if you sign him he's coming in to to start um and I was just just on uh, Stampede Blue it's like an indie uh, it sounds like the Colts are cool with Matt Pryor as their starter um which is kind of interesting so that's. Eric Fisher may be looking for a while. He might be a wait and see how healthy he is come training camp. I mean, a torn Achilles ain't, ain't nothing to shake your like shake off for a 31 year old left tackle. I mean, like you're you're moving back and pass sets a lot. I mean, that's absolutely that at that position again. You're you're facing the premier pass rusher on every team. I mean, yeah. that's yeah, not the easiest thing to come back from. No, uh, and finally, to Quisky Tart, yeah, to the list. Wait, it's it's a lot of like big names. Yeah. Or yeah. like bigger names, but not, I mean, nothing like, I mean, it's, it, you know, it is a second wave of free agency. It's these veteran names, these guys who, you know, could be a, a good, nice pieces on top of a, a, a well-rounded roster, but nobody's going to like change to the Ramshine, to Christy Tart. And have like, like I was going to say, I don't think you're going to do an emergency podcast for any of these guys that we're, no, 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 no. Like I, we're not at that level anymore in terms of the free agents available. Rams make sense. I think a return of the 49ers makes sense. By the way, at one point during the, um, like during the early, like early, early portions of the pandemic when um, HQ couldn't even operate. So we had to do like an, like an hour show every day. 
like from like right here um one of the producers was like every day would just start off with like where like Jadave and Clowney watch and we were like oh my god stop we, like we cannot talk about Jadave and Clowney anymore like stop putting him in the rundown like I, we've talked about Jadave and Clowney first for four straight days like it's just ridiculous and for the finally we take him off he signs like that day or something like that that's usually um, how those go yeah uh yeah so where, where do you think what do you think uh tart a uh, good landing spot for tart yeah, again, Rams make sense. It's just a typical type of free agent signing. A, a return to the 49ers, I don't think is out of the question. I understand that, you know, it's it's a tough pill to swallow in that in that NFC championship game, but it happens. I, I think yeah. that he's still someone that they should probably bring back. Again, I, I don't I don't know how bitter it is. I don't think that I think that it's more of a fan base thing than it actually is an organizational thing. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah. yeah. I, but maybe yeah. I mean, maybe they're waiting to like let it. I mean, get moved past it, I guess. I don't know. It's, I mean, yeah, I guess that's probably a fan base thing. I don't think Kyle Shanahan hates him for not catching that pass. Or catching I don't that. think so. Again, yeah, yeah, I would be surprised. Um, all right, that's good. Good stuff. Remaining free agents. This is an evergreen podcast. You can do, chop up the second half and run it for like the next three weeks uh, until people are signed. Again, most like a lot of these guys can be signed after the draft. I'll follow Sully on Twitter at Tyler Sully. Make sure and like the pod, subscribe, rate, and review, whatever. Hit the smash the like button if you're in the chat. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Sully, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.